Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson, and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There are many folks, uh, maybe heroes, I should probably say, in some ways, who seem like they should have simply transcended from this world to the next, instead of facing their mortality first. There are people who were so famous, inspiring, ambitious, or significant in some way that it is almost preferable to think of them just riding from one sunset to the next, instead of getting old or facing uh, premature death somehow. It is enchanting to think of George Washington, for instance, just riding his horse from the White House after being president up to the pearly gates. For fans of classic rock, it is fun to think of Jimi Jimi Hendrix, John Bonham, and Leonard Skinner taking a tour bus up to jam with the spirit in the sky. Any Zeppelin fans out here? <laughs> it would seem almost poetic if Charlton Heston climbed back up the movie set version of Mount Sinai and God just whisked him away right then and there. It seems fitting that some people would avoid the frailties of human life at the end and just float away somehow. In this season of graduations, I bet many high school and college graduates across the stage receive their diploma, and feel like they are transcending from one world to the next. While in many ways it is only a piece of paper that makes the difference between a high school graduate and a high school dropout, the simple act of crossing the stage and receiving that piece of paper is like ascending from the world of students into the realm of graduates and alumni. To be fair, I have been to many, many graduations in my life, and I have yet to see anybody physically float from the stage and ascend to heaven. You want to do that on Friday, Trenton? I'll give him my best shot. All right. right. I suppose it's a week from Friday, but we'll we'll be watching, right? (laughs) Still, this rite of passage is significant and mirrors Christ's ascension in significant ways. It is as though graduates ascend from one reality to another. While this rite of passage may not be as as imaginative as George Washington riding his horse from the White White House to the realm of the saints triumphant, rock stars taking a tour bus to the pearly gates, or Charlton Heston walking from a movie set to the throne of God. Graduations really do change realities. We wish our graduates well on this journey. The ascension of our Lord, as recorded only in Luke and Acts, seems to have had a similar aura to pondering a different sort of end for political, musical, academic, or movie celebrities. The resurrected Lord appeared to his disciples, and after establishing that he really had risen from the dead, He ascended into heaven either that very day, according to the Gospel of Luke, or hung around teaching the people before ascending into heaven 
40 days later, as according to Acts. Well, the other three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and John, say nothing of Jesus' ascension. Only the Gospel of Luke ends this event in the book ends with this event in the book of Acts, as we read this morning. And these two books then also had the same author. Luke and Acts were written by the same guy. So it is almost as though the writer of Luke and Acts imagined on his own that this magnificent ascension occurred without consulting any of the other ancient sources. As though Jesus were his favorite movie or rock star. I bet he was a Zeppelin fan, too. All right. I tried. <laughs> the writer of these two books posits this marvelous end of Jesus' ministry as a guy floating up into the clouds to exit the scene, as uh, most could only dream of. It's pretty cool, really. But questions arise with this account of our Lord's ascension. Namely, why do none of our other biblical sources talk about it? It seems like the act of Jesus floating up into the clouds to, to return to the Father's side is worthy of Scripture writers' attention. Why is it only the, the one author of two books and nobody else who writes about it? To be fair, John 3.13 comes kind of close when it records John, uh, Jesus is saying, No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. However, John ends with a conversation between John and his, uh, Jesus and his beloved disciple, never mentioning anything about how Jesus left this world for the next why the lapse on the part of so many other scripture writers if the ascension is so important to the last events of Jesus' life? To be fair to our Gospels, there is agreement, significant agreement between them. The, the events of Jesus' death and resurrection are the most crucial events of his life and ministry. If Jesus had just been whisked away without dying, <clears throat> without dying a human death and experiencing divine resurrection, then death probably would not have been defeated like it was. If Jesus simply ascended from this world to the next, it would have been good for him, but bad for, <clears throat> bad for us. The ascension was a pretty cool event, but it is far less significant than the events of Jesus' life right before it. The fact that several scriptural writers neglected to write about the ascension could be because they were trying to keep the focus on the more important business of our Lord's death and then miraculous resurrection. On top of that, as we mentioned in the children's sermon, we know that Jesus did not uh, actually need to ascend to get to heaven. After he rose the dead, from the dead, we have reports of him walking next to people who knew him but could not recognize him for some inexplicable reason. Reports of him walking through walls and reports of him directing a miraculous catch of fish that would have been unfathomable without his divine aid. So, it is not as though Jesus was restrained by the laws of physics after he rose from hell. 
We now know that heaven is not literally above us, for we have sent rockets and probes and astronauts through the clouds and have only found more space. Similarly, the supposed hell that resides beneath our feet we now know to be magma and other elements of the Earth's internal combustion. I suppose for those of us in this area, we remember Mount St. Helens blowing 43 years ago this week. Heaven and hell are not constrained to the physical space above or below us. Jesus had no need to go in one direction or another, or even walk through open doors to get to where he was going after he was resurrected. Jesus ascending up into the clouds was not the only way he could have returned to the throne of God the Father. So, did the ascension happen? And if not for Christ's purposes, then for whose purposes? What is the reason for the ascension? Well, since we say in the Apostles' Creed, he descended into hell, after three days he rose again, he ascended into heaven. Since we say that every week, I hope that we believe it really happened. It is a fundamental part of Orthodox Christian belief that Jesus ascended into heaven. We claim Christ's ascension as a core part of Christian doctrine because we know it is important somehow. There are many other things that we believe. Things about confession and forgiveness, the grace of God and uh, the commandments to love our neighbors and God above all else, and so much more. Important things of Christian belief that did not make it into the creed. These other things are also central aspects of Christian belief. If they did not make it into the creed, but belief in Christ's ascension did, then we should consider our Lord's ascension very important. So, what is it about the ascension that is so important? If the resurrected Christ simply walked through walls, vanished in a moment's notice, and was not constrained by basic laws of physics, why is it important that his followers saw him ascend from earth upward into heaven? I believe that the ascension is significant because it showed our incarnate God leaving the scene as fully man and fully divine. It was powerful. It was powerful that the Son of God took on flesh and blood and lived among us. It was just as powerful that the disciples saw heaven take on our flesh and blood too and to reincorporate human frailty within it. In Christ's incarnation, heaven came to earth. In Christ's ascension, earth came to heaven. And the disciples were blessed to stand witness to this tremendous event together. He did not just float away like a spirit or a ghost, but rather ascended triumphantly as a conqueror of human mortality, making a way for us to see and to follow. Christ's ascension then was not for, it was for our sake, not his. 
He could have returned to the Father any which way, but chose to show us that those who are claimed by God are physically welcomed into a better, higher reality. We are limited people who live within the constraints of the brokenness of this world. The ascension shows that God means for humanity to transcend above the petty, cruel, small, and hard-scrabble ways of this world to finally inhabit the realm of everlasting love and abundance that our hearts desire. This is news that is, good, is as good as any other. May God make our way to these higher realities straight. And may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you've enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you'd like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www.revsethnelson.com. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor.